Welcome to the Financial Fun Podcast with your host, Tammy Johnston. This is where Tammy talks with business owner parents and grandparents about the interesting and important subject of money. We promise this to be an interesting and open discussion, as that's how we learn best. And now, here's your host, author of the Financial Foundations. Financial Foundations is a series of books to teach kids about money, goal setting, and living a balanced life. Find out more at financialfund.ca. Here's Tammy Johnston. First things first, I would like to thank all of my listeners that have subscribed and reviewed my podcast and invite you to subscribe and review if you haven't yet. I appreciate you helping us to get the word out and making financial literacy a safe and welcoming subject for kids and adults. Second, please check out my podcast website, financialfund.ca, where you will be able to access past shows, find out more about me and our guests, as well as purchase the beautifully illustrated Financial Foundations books that teach kids about money in a fun, healthy, and holistic way. Thank you for joining us once again for the Financial Fund Podcast. Today, our guest is Peter Best. Thank you for joining us, Peter. You're welcome. Thank you. And how are you today? I'm good. It's a good day. I like hearing that. So many people like to complain all the time. I love hearing when people are having good days. So would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I'm the owner of Magnum York Property Management Limited. Uh, we manage uh, condom- we manage properties across Alberta. Uh, we manage rental properties, condominium properties, commercial properties, apartments, pretty much everything we, you can imagine we can, ma- we can manage it for you. Um, I've been married for 16 years to the same wife. Uh, we have one daughter who's six years old, and she finishes uh, grade one in four days. Oh, my goodness, yes. I'm, I'm dealing with my daughters coming home from school in four days as well. <laughs> so you're going to have your hands, well, you and your wife are going to have your hands busy keeping a six-year-old occupied for the summer. We will. Yeah, we got lots of camps and planned dates with grandma and grandpas and everything else. So Grandparents are wonderful, aren't they? They are. They're, they're, they're definitely, uh, she's excited and they're excited, so that's good. So is she liking school? Uh, yeah, she likes school a lot. She was just got, she was actually sick for the last couple of days, and one of her biggest complaints is she's missing school. Oh, so. you got to love that stage. My daughter used to be really excited about it, too. Now that she's into junior high, yeah, it depends on the class. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So, you yeah, know, she definitely likes the school. She likes her teacher. Even the teacher isn't necessarily the best teacher in the world. Uh, we're not a big appreciative of her this year, but Claire loves her, which is the key at grade one. That's all that matters. That's- all that matters. All that matters. So, talking about kids and stuff, what were some of the lessons that you learned about money when you were a kid? Um, what, a, couple of big, a couple of big lessons I learned when I think about that. One is that uh, minimum wage is not enough to live on. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's minimum wage is enough to live on anywhere. <laughs> no, it's not. I, I remember my first job flipping burgers at A&W, and I got my first paycheck, and I went, really? It's all I get? <laughs> And like it's like oh my goodness I could not believe that people were getting paid this and making living life living life or or I don't say they're living but they're doing something with life anyways so that was the first one I learned a lot um, and then the other one I learned a lot is that basically um, and, and it's maybe a younger age maybe but like money always was it wasn't money to accumulate money money was to buy cool stuff and do cool stuff so it was to buy a better mountain bike or it was to uh, buy a new skateboard or it was to buy candy or something was that kind of stuff. It wasn't accumulate money. It was always about buying cool stuff and doing fun stuff. Yeah, that's a very common one that are going. So 
what are some of the lessons that you wished you had learned? Like when, when you got out on your own and you were no longer living with your parents and you're going, okay, now I actually have to start dealing with this stuff. And it's not just, okay, my paycheck can go for the better mountain bike. What are some of the things that you kind of learned the hard way? Um, one of the big ones I learned about it, when I first got my first time on my own, everything else, a little bit of budgeting. So learning about budgeting better to understand what budgeting meant. And budgeting to me always, and most people I believe, feel it was a restraining order almost on their spending. It doesn't have to be. Just knowing that you can only spend so many dollars on something is more of a better look at, way of looking at it. And the other one I learned about is living within my income. So it was, I'm always the guy that has a bigger dream who wants the, the, the nicer bike, the, the new car, the new house, the new, new bed. So you're always saving up for that and always wanting that. Um, so I wish I'd have been able to learn to be a better saver overall. Uh, and live within the means of where I was. Because I always made good money, so it wasn't that. It was just that I, I, if I could afford the deluxe version, I wanted the super deluxe version next time. And it just never seemed to be. I, so I, as I got older, I learned that the deluxe version, and maybe even the basic version, was probably okay for what I wanted. Yeah, that's always one that a lot of people have to learn, especially when they're their own money. It's good to have ambition and want better things, but, yeah, you have to be aware of it because a lot of people just end up putting everything on their credit card and getting into debt up past their eyeballs. I'm not even going to debt, just spending all your money. Like, so I have nothing for any kind of emergencies. My emergency was the credit cards. Yeah. So when something goes sideways, the credit card got used. Where if I had a little bit of a save or a little more planning, we'll say maybe, we could have saved some money away so that the credit card wouldn't be touched in emergencies. It would be just touched in a really big emergency maybe. So now, now that you're a parent and, and you get to uh, have the joy of being a dad with a beautiful six-year-old daughter, what are some of the things that you're noticing about her and how she reacts to money and different things like that? Um, she knows there's a value to money, but she doesn't understand the value of it yet. Um, like she's happy to have four quarters more than a $20 bill um, because there's more of it. There's more physical asset of it. And then we talk about buying stuff. We try to use give her, we give her money to do stuff with it, or she has money that she saved up from grandparents and else. We try to show her that there's a value to that, but she hasn't really got the value down just yet. Like she's on the cusp of it. She knows it's important, but she doesn't know the, the real value of it yet. Oh, that's really interesting. So how how do you and your wife deal with that when you're trying to teach her that very valuable thing? Like you said, what's the difference between a twenty dollar bill and four quarters? It's it's definitely hard. Um, it's definitely frustrating for me because I think it's I thought it was something natural that everyone just figured out. <laughs> but <laughs> our, our children are here to teach us. They are, they are. So one of the ones we did a little while ago is we had a, a, a product A, product B. Product B was well three times the cost of product A. Both did exactly what we wanted, but she wanted the more expensive one. It was pink, and so we had to talk about that. I said, well, the pink one cost this much. Do you know I can buy three of the black ones for the same price as the pink one? Do you really need? Do you really think it's worth three of the black ones? And she pondered and said, no, I'll have the black one, which I, I was a little suppressed. I, I, I was expecting a bit of a, more of a fight, but she actually agreed to it. Oh, that's a good one. I remember, so Ayla had been saving up her money because her, her big purchase that she wanted to do was she wanted to get a Nintendo 3DS. She had a Nintendo DS, but she wanted to upgrade and get the 3DS. So she saved up her money, and we went to the store to get it. And she wanted the hot pink one because that's, that's her color. That's mom's color. So it's like she's all excited about this. But the turquoise one was on sale for $30 less. And I was so happy. I never said anything at all to her. And she just took a look and she says, I have a, if, if I get the turquoise one rather than the pink one, I can get a game too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's that value thing that I just, 
she doesn't concrete get it, but she gets a little bit of it here and there. Well, you're probably seeing that she's getting more and more as she gets older and doing things. Like, does she ever ask for money, or how does how do you guys deal with that? Um, no, she doesn't ask for money. She asks for items, and then we discuss the uh, what what between you know, a need and a want sometimes. But again, it's hard to comprehend it at six year old level. <laughs> so um, we really it's a hard it's a hard question for her. But she doesn't ask for money. She doesn't ask for money straight out. But she will ask for items, and she knows, like, one of the lines that me, me and Katie, my wife, really worked on using is we don't say we don't have enough money for that. Or it's always we don't, we don't, I don't want to buy that for you for a reason. So I'm not buying that for because you don't need it. You already have three dolls. Or I'm not buying that. We're not, we can't, we're not going to buy that because um, you're whatever reason coming up. So the idea is that we don't want to use the, we don't have the money reason for not buying stuff so that she doesn't think that, that we're broke or that we're always in need of money. It's that we're not buying it because I don't want to buy it for her. I, I love that you brought that up because so many people, it's, yeah, no, we don't have it. Do you think money grows on trees and all of that stuff? And they don't understand how important their language is. It, it is. It is. Yeah. Because when, yeah, when we don't, you don't want to think we're broke or anything. And it's just, well, if I have more money, I can have whatever I want. I like how you're framing it and going, well, no, you don't need that or you don't really want it. It's just an impulse because you already have three dollars. Exactly, exactly. I read an article about a guy that was uber, uber rich, and like he had like three Ferraris and a private helicopter and like that kind of rich, like just over the top rich. Yep. And he says, how do you tell your kids that you, can't, you, know, you don't have money to buy them something when you got three Ferraris in the garage? He goes, you've got to think of different ways of it, telling them why you're not buying it. It's not because of money, it's because there's a reason why not. And it, it just, that article stuck in my mind. It was only a short little article, but it remember it stuck in my mind a lot, and I'm like, you're right. You got to tell them why. Like, I'm not buying them because it's not a money. It's not a money decision. It's because they don't need it, or I'm not going to buy it because I don't want to buy it. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 making making the choices because one of the biggest problems we have is our kids in particular are targeted with so much advertising. Like all of their kids shows, they all come with like the dolls and the games and everything else, and then they go out into the store and stuff. Well, I want that. Well, they don't really want it. They've been told that they should want it. So that the companies can make huge amounts of money and you fill up your house with crap. It's true. It is true. Actually, the one that's hurting us the most, because Claire's a big Netflix girl, so she doesn't get a lot of commercials. Mm. So when the commercials are on, she, her eyes were mesmerized almost more than the, the cartoon she's watching, um, which is one thing I thought. But the one that we're getting now is the older cousins. Oh. So the cousins that are two, three, four years older than her, that still play with her lots. They're still close enough in age where they play together, but they're the ones who have the... Uh, what's the uh, some doll that, that that she likes? Well, now she wants one of those because so and so cousin has it. Yes. Um, she wants that this type of Lego now because of so and so has it, and it's a lot of that stuff now. So we're seeing it's the it's the not so much the TV but the relatives and the friends that are a bit older that have already experienced it. Yeah, I can I can totally understand that. My daughter has quite the collection of Monster High dolls because yes. her friends got were into it. Now she's past that stage. She's into other stuff, but. Yep, major Monster High collection because of the show and all of that stuff. And anytime we went to the store, we would take a look. And that is one thing I would buy her on occasion, so she does have the collection. But, yeah, I'm, I'm fortunate that she doesn't spend that much time with her cousins for the simple fact that they're so spread out. <laughs> yep. No, but, agreed. Yeah, I don't, I don't have that influence to deal with. But, yes, I could totally see especially when you're dealing with slightly older ones because she probably, like, majorly looks up to them. Exactly. Like, her one cousin, Taya, she sees her, I don't know, 10, 15 times a year. 
And yeah, like she's two years older than her. She's art. She's in school. She's just finishing grade three now. So she's got a lot more knowledge coming back to Claire. And so Claire really looks up to her about a lot of things. So when she says, I like American dolls, also Claire now is on an American doll kick. <laughs> and until Tay gets off it, uh, Claire won't get off it really. No, she, they, she, she won't. So you're going to have fun dealing with that. And then you're going to move on to the other stuff because it's just going to keep going. Yeah. No, luckily, again, um, my sister has a very similar mentality as we have, so she's not big into buying constantly for the kids either. So luckily, there's a bit of controlled nature on her side too, so it doesn't doesn't hurt us as bad. And, it, and it's it's been working. We got we talk a little bit about it. it. Me and my sister talk a little bit about it, so we're kind of on the same page for a lot of things. So it's we haven't been bitten the ass that hard yet for it, but it does it does affect us for sure. Well, that's good that you actually run things fairly similar to your sister, because I know some people where it's like, okay, we can do fine in our household, but yeah, when they get together with the cousins or their aunt and uncle and stuff, and it's totally, completely different, and then they have to spend days after a visit trying to get everything straightened out again. <laughs> yeah, fix the problems that the relatives bring. But at the same time, the kids got to learn that there's different um, culture. I won't say culture, different, uh, different methods of growing up and different beliefs of how people are raised that, and they have to know that, that ours are different than other people's and it's okay to be different, but there are differences. And I, I think it's a, not a bad lesson to learn too, but right now it's just easier when there's not. Well, yeah, no, I think it's a really important lesson to learn because everybody's going to be different. And I'm a huge fan of making them very aware of what their choices are because so many people just like, they bump around like ball in a pinball machine and whatever the environment that's how they're going to react rather than being focused on what is actually important to them and their own values. No, that's a very good comment, actually, about the, how they, the differences and how they react to you, right? That's a good comment. It's a very good comment. Yeah, I've seen Claire react a few different ways, and we've had a few tantrums, and it's like, like it's usually a good sign that basically she's getting swayed emotionally not for real uh, on something, and we have to deal with it. I, uh, I never thought of it looking at it that way. That's a good way of putting it. Oh, definitely, they definitely pick up on it. I was thinking back on it. My daughter is a major Pokemon fan as well, and I was wondering where that came from. And thinking back about it, she has she has one female cousin that's that's it's about Lillian's about seven years older than she is. Yeah, six seven years older. And Ayla just thinks she is like the coolest thing in the world. And Lillian was playing Pokemon, so now that got Ayla completely into it. And then she had to have the Nintendo for Christmas. And all the she's been collecting the Pokemon games forever and the books, and it's all because of Lillian. Not that it's a bad thing, but I hadn't really realized it until you and I started talking because it's been okay, it's been years. But it was it was her older cousin that she thinks is just the coolest thing got her into it. Yep, yep. The only thing about that is that my fear is that right now it's toys and and we'll say candy as well or whatever or eating habits or sleeping habits. My fear is, as we try to teach Claire, is that to be yourself because when you're getting that 14 to 18 or whatever age, and you start getting this, the, the wrong, the bad, the bad things coming across. So that's maybe the, the drinking and the smoking and, and heaven forbid, the, the, the sex. It just, it just yeah, I, that's the stuff that scares me the most. If she's going to be a follower, I don't want to be a follower. I want to be that leader. Yeah, I've definitely had those thoughts. I'm not worried about Ayla being a follower. She's very much a strong independent, and I keep telling people if my daughter gets into trouble, it's her fault. She was the leader. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, what are all the other things that she has to deal with, and is she going to be fully aware of what's going on? Because we're already dealing with the joys of the hormone swings and my daughter speaking to me in fluent eye rolls. You're not there yet, but it's coming, dear. It's coming. <laughs> 
Oh, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. Yeah, and I know I'm doing well because I talk to some of my clients that have kids Ayla's age or a little bit older, and oh, they're they're going straight through hell, and I'm going, yeah, my daughter's pretty darn easy, but. <laughs> no, agree, agree. Yeah, and I said we said we talked earlier before we started recording about about our daughter, both our daughters, and yeah, it has been Claire's been very easy because she knows the rules currently. Yep. But down the road, will it be the same or not? And that's just what we'll have to see and go through. So what if you could pick three things that you would feel successful as a parent, if when Claire moves out that she's got these three money lessons, what would you want to make sure she has? Three, eh? Hmm. So the first one I, I said earlier, things I'd like to learn, so a bit more about budgeting. So living within your means and, and, and budgeting so you know what those means mean. Um, a little bit of knowledge about uh, about saving for the emergencies and anything else. So you're not, you're not going into debt for every little emergency because bumps happen and they happen more often than people like to believe. Of course. And the third one, the third one I, I think is that, um, that basically... Um, it's a combination of, of working hard to make money, but at the same time, you don't have to necessarily work digging ditches to make good money. That there's a, there's a balancing act of, of getting paid for what you know, not what you do. And I think if she can learn those three, I think I'd be pretty, I'd be pretty happy. That's pretty good. And so you've been, you've been married for 16 years. Have, have you noticed that, that the family that you grew up in and the family that your wife grew up in, do they look at things differently? Because your family's very entrepreneurial, isn't it? It is in a lot more ways than in my wife's, for sure. For sure, yeah. And what are some of the other things that you've noticed that are that are different, and that you're now trying to, like you said, being much more aware of what are you teaching your daughter? Um, the big uh, interesting. Um, so like uh, both our parents, so both our fathers worked for the same company for thirty plus years. Um, both worked very hard and very and moved up to the corporate ladder, we'll say, and, and did very good financially and, and career-wise as anyone could ever expect. Um, the difference is that, like Katie's father, he he went very traditional, put all his money in, into, a, into into savings with the with the company pension plan or whatever they had, and built his RSPs up that way and built us up. Where my my father took his savings and bought real estate, and that's how he made his money on the side for business. Um, so very interesting how they're very similar, but very different in their, in their other disposable income, we'll say. Um, the difference also, like in my family, we discuss finances, um, at the dining room table. Like I knew pretty close what dad made a year because we had a conversation at some point in time when he got a raise and we asked him, well, how much the raise to? And he would tell us. And we discussed that. Um, young, when I was younger, I had a belief that your house had to equal what you made a year. That's what you paid for a house because dad's salary went up and our house value went up every time. Oh, it just. And it just had to be this correlation I noticed as a kid. So when Dad made sixty thousand dollars a year, a house was worth sixty thousand. When Dad got bumped up to ninety, our house was worth what ninety thousand. So I just assumed that's what people bought houses for. <laughs> what your salary was. <laughs> and one of one of the things that you you learned as an adult that it doesn't quite work that way. No, no, no. I'd be awesome to pay sixty thousand dollars for a house right now. <laughs> um, I don't think you'd be finding one anywhere you'd actually want to live here. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with your statement. I agree with your statement. So, so yeah, so my parents really, really, the dining room table was a, dinner was a very important part of our family. We had to make dinner. We didn't miss dinner. You don't miss dinner at our house. Uh, if you miss dinner, it was a big deal. Like, there was an event happening, um, something. You, you, there was no, like, nonchalantly, oh, I couldn't, I can't make it. I'm at a friend's house. There was no way in hell that would pass. 
So we were home, and the reason we were home is that that's when you saw mom and dad, that's when you saw the, my sisters, and that's when we talked about life, days, what was happening in the world around us. So finance was part of that conversation. I think that's absolutely amazing. Are you aware of how weird that is? <laughs> um, the finance part, yeah. The Yeah, in a lot of ways, yeah. Yeah. My father worked shift work. So my dad worked for all of our days my entire life. I never know. I only remember him like twice in my entire life, him working eight-hour days, eight-hour days Monday to Friday. Everything else was shift work. And I can tell you that I never felt my dad was never there for me. Because either you saw him, because his night shift, he'd come home right before you got left for school. So he'd see you right in the morning. Yep. You'd see him at summertime, so he'd wake up before you have supper with us and then go for a night shift. On his day shift, he would be, he'd, be, he'd be gone before we go to school, but he'd be home right before we went to bed. And then on his days off, he'd be there. So on a Monday or Wednesday, he might be off on a Wednesday to walk us to school or to, to be up in the morning with us or whatever. So we never thought Dad wasn't there. And that's why supper was so important, because you cross paths with Dad for night shift. You passed him at supper time. That's when you saw him. Well, that's, that's really cool. I, I, I love how your, your dad definitely put the time in for that. But just the simple fact that you said, like, finances was just a normal part of the conversation. Like, that that is so extremely rare, but it's so very, very necessary. Like, finances is the most taboo subject I've ever come across, and I've been doing this professionally for 23 years. Yeah, no, and it, and not, I don't want to get, like, it's not in big in-depth or anything, but just, like, yeah, Dad would talk about how he got a raise or a promotion or whatever. Mom might say the same thing. Hey, I'm looking at two jobs. This is kind of the difference. And we talk, like, obviously, we didn't have a lot of say in our job. We're like, oh, what job do you like more? Like, as a kid, what else do you ask? Your yeah. mother, right? Like, like I don't know any more about the jobs than that. <laughs> but, the, but the conversation was there. Um, when hockey season was coming up and we're getting ready for stuff, there was a conversation about, okay, let's next paycheck we got to buy Pete new skates. Right, so it was, it was a planned event, so everyone knew. Okay, Dad got paid on this day, and it was marked on the calendars, and we just know. Okay, that day we're gonna go buy skates. Yeah, so, it doesn't it doesn't have to be in depth, but just the fact that they had the conversation at all. Do you do you think the fact that your your dad was investing in real estate and stuff as as you were growing up is that part what got you into it? Oh, for sure. Uh, my dad bought my his first building when I was thirteen. I remember going to Edmonton, and I was involved in the negotiation with the going through the apartment building going with the realtor, going to the, the the old owner's house to negotiate the deal. And I remember everyone having, the guy says, oh, does everyone want coffee? And everyone asked, for, yes, 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 yes. And my dad's like, I don't drink coffee. Can I have tea? And the guy kind of got a little bit of a put-off statement, like, like now i got to boil a kettle and make tea? Okay, I'll do it. And I'm like thinking, that was cool. My dad broke the trend and asked for tea. <laughs> and and I get it, my dad didn't think much about it. He just doesn't drink coffee, right? Just yep. didn't think much about it. But it was just, I remember as a 13-year-old boy thinking, that's kind of weird. Dad bucked the trend of it all. So that's what got me excited in business. And then real estate, of course, was part of that. But for my family, it was all real estate business. So it's very interesting for sure. Yeah, but you started. You obviously started learning about it quite young. With, with you being a business owner, have you thought about having Claire tag along more so that she can see the ins and outs rather than – because most kids, especially with school, school trains them to be employees. And yep. that's the skill set where, as a business owner, it's a completely different world. I agree 100%. And that's, uh, we're already working with Claire on that a little bit. Like, so like on PD days for school, if I can bring her in the office here, I'll bring her in. And she knows half my, she doesn't have, she probably knows half my staff probably, but say no, but she probably does actually. Where she'll watch a little bit of Netflix in my office and then she'll get bored listening to me on the phone. Then she'll go and talk to people and ask people. And, she'll, and mostly she just draws pictures with, with different people. Uh, but she'll go talk to them. Um, she'll walk around and carry stuff and photocopy, help photocopy stuff. No, she gets sick. So, I don't know how much help I'll put help in quotes. 
I'm sure she boosts morale when she's in the office, at least. And as she gets older, she'll get more useful. My daughter knows how to file very, very well. <laughs> no, exactly, Tammy. No, exactly. Exactly. That's my goal. Is like, me and Katie already said, like, summer jobs are taken care of for Claire. Like, she'll be working when she gets older. She'll be working in the office. Now, all I want to say is five days a week all summer. But, you know, in a couple days a week, she'll be, in the, she'll be coming to work for me in the morning. And she'll work all day. And she'll go home with me at the end of the day. And because she needs to learn a little bit about all that stuff, she needs to learn about the business. She learns about any any business, but this business for sure. I uh, there's no question about it. Um, I got to tell us one little story about this. So a little while ago, Claire must have learned something in school about hierarchy of stuff. I don't know what she learned exactly, but she learned that her principal was the boss at school. Oh. <laughs> and so she was, we were talking about something at home, and she's like, "Are you the boss?" And I'm like, "Yes, Daddy's the boss. I own the company." And she's like, "You're the boss." She was like this, this mesmerizing look. And then one of her friends came over after supper, and she's like, my dad's the boss. <laughs> well, me and Katie couldn't stop laughing. It was like, oh, she was just so proud that I'm the boss. <laughs> <laughs> so her respect for you just, like, skyrocketed. I, I don't know if it changed or not, but definitely perspective when she, of me is different for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's That's got to be a really cool cool one. My daughter's gotten quite into uh, John Oliver last week tonight. Yeah. And two weeks ago, they were having about retirement plans and stuff down in the States. And their their rules are very, very different. And she was asking, we were going, we were going to a movie. And she was asking me in the car, she says, Mommy, are you a fiduciary? And I'm going, um, okay, can you please give me the context so I can properly answer that? Yes. <laughs> but so she started telling me about it and then I ended up watching the thing and then I'm going, okay, this is, yes, mummy, mummy is a fiduciary, but we don't usually use that term here in Canada. Um, different stuff and kind of went through and explained it to her, but it was like, I thought that was really cool when she asked me, mummy, are you a fiduciary? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. I, I like how, I, I like how they're learning. Asking those kind of questions. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was just such an odd question because, like I said, it's it, it's not it's it's not how we use the term in Canada. So it's like, okay, I need some context to know what we're talking about. Princess. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, well, thank you very much for joining us today. It's been a great conversation and a wonderful opportunity to learn. You're welcome. I appreciate being asked. <laughs> All right. Have a wonderful day, Peter. You too. Great. Before we leave each other, I would ask all of you listening to please subscribe to and rate my podcast. A review would be most appreciated and feedback is always welcome. Whether it be a comment, future topic suggestions, and or questions you or your kids would like to have answered in the Ask Tammy column on the financialfund.ca website. Please feel free to check me out on Facebook at Financial Foundation's Children's Books, on Twitter at Financial Fund, and Instagram at Financial.Fun. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Financial Fund Podcast. Join Tammy Johnston again next week. For more information, please visit financialfund.ca.